What's up, guys? Welcome to another episode of Ball Status. That's right, guys. This is the podcast where we talk about the business of health and the health of business. And today we have a dad cast. That's right. Right. This is the Cucks Dream Podcast. You've always wanted to talk about dad stuff. So we're going to talk about dad stuff today. I don't know where this is going to go. Creepy Uncle Carl is in charge today. So All right, let's do this. It's, it's going to get interesting. But before we start, thank you, America Energy, for the sponsorship. Let's get in there. Oh, yeah. Going with that Daytona Beach Dude, today. mine was oh. overflowed. That's Ooh, crazy. That's good. How's that happen? Oh, yeah. Probably squeezed. Oh yeah, actually pretty good. All right, Carl. All right. Good choice, David. That's good. What did you get? What did he go? Patriot punch. Oh, nice. Oh, All right. So, what the heck are we talking about today, Carl? So basically, set we, the groundwork. We we uh, we talk about uh, offline. What do we want to talk about in the next podcast? And the scenario that's being played out in our country right now uh, hit home with being fathers. You know, we got a new father here at the end. We've got a, a girl father over here. Uh, we've got rambunctious kids father over here. Then we've got my son who's 22. And so it is a good uh, mixture here. Yeah. You know, and so it's like, uh, what is uh, the perspectives that we have uh, about being fathers now? Um, and we can see that from uh, different perspectives because our kids are different ages, um, but also because of because of the fact that we are, uh, we're always getting older, but our team seems to always be the same age we're getting younger. Um, you know, so how do we view the industry from a dad's perspective now, not just um, being a CEO or, you know, a VP or a GM or something like that? So that's kind of like the basis. Well, the basis. So can I, to help me prepare and for the listeners, you mentioned the scenario that our country's in. So can you set a basis yeah. for like he, he started going down that route and I was like oh shit, we just got canceled. Well, we don't need to get crazy in a rabbit hole, but I here we want, go. I, I want us to all to understand what you mean by that, and so that way we can. Speak so basically, to that. you got uh you know good times uh, create weak men, and weak men create uh, our good times. What is it? You're uh, close. Good times close. create weak men. Weak men. Weak men create hard times. Hard times create uh, strong men. Strong men create. You know, uh, weak times, and it's just a, it's just a cycle that it just keeps on going. I have, yeah, but we need to slow that down. Let's do it one more time, so right, people. So, do you so have strong it men Let's create make sure we get good it right. times. Good times create weak men, comfortable men. So comfortable weak men create hard times, and then hard times create strong men, and then the cycle starts over again. And so where we're at right yeah, now, yeah, where are we right now? We are in weak times. So hard weak times, men. weak men, and we're getting into hard. hard times. And you know, some of us will say, "Hey, we're we're going to be out of this." You know, yeah, here right. we have elections tomorrow, and uh, um, but I'm a little on the side of where this is kind of just getting started. You know, that this isn't going to be magically wiped away just because of of an election. And so, uh, it, it's you start to look at yourself and you reflect on how you're living your own life, uh, especially with me, with my son being 22. He's no longer a boy, and I've always said this, that your kids are always going to be adults a lot longer in life uh, if everything turns out great, right, uh, than they are going to be ch uh, children, kids. And so 
you know, while I you do want you to. you still a kid, Carl. Yeah, always. So while you, <laughs> you, while you want to live in that moment and you want to cherish that moment, you still have to recognize that, that it starts early on. And I, I feel from what I know about history that kids were brought up to be way more cultured uh, and way more uh, educated, way more diverse in skill sets than our kids nowadays. And uh, so we experienced that. And I was talking with Dave that, um, you know, we experience that now because of, of the, the, the crop that we have been hiring for the past 10 years of young people and the, 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 the lack of creativity, the lack of taking ownership, uh, the, the, the sensitivity. You know, we've literally had managers uh, or a manager, should I say, uh, cry uh, because they didn't like the way uh, we responded to them organizing the store. Um, and it was, it was like a huge ordeal for that person, you know, and, and, and that's an isolated event, but I mean, overall it's the sensitivity aspect of, of young men and women. Uh, it's the lack of creativity and you guys can have your own perspective there. And, um, and so it's like, it just, so you start to look at your son, your daughter, and what am I learning now by interacting with these young adults to make sure that I'm setting my child up for success? Um, and then my perspective is different because my son's 22 and, you know, your son's two so. months, <laughs> no, not, not even two. not that young, but he's, Man. but he's, but he's, what happened to the last year and a half, four months on Wednesday. Yeah. It does so fly he's, by. He's tiny. He's a little guy. Yeah. The cutest little tubs. All right. So kick us off. What is your first question? All right. So we were spitballing. Uh, I think we got some good ones. But yeah, I think we got some. So how has good. your perspective on fatherhood changed once you became a father? Well, I, I could say that I didn't have a perspective on fatherhood whatsoever. It's just, I, I don't think you truly can until you have a kid. Well, we all have a father. We all have a father, right? And, you know, I, I had a great father. We have a good relationship. Um, you know, I, I there was no trauma in my childhood. It was kind of more of a leave it to beaver type family. Uh, I'm little, jealous. You know, like no trauma. I mean, it's, it was kind of vanilla, you know, which is a good thing, right? There was, there was a solid family unit, uh, unit. Um, so like I wasn't to me because I had a good father, it was kind of, I didn't think about it. I think you think about it more when you have a traumatic childhood, right? Like you're thinking about, so like when I was going into a, being a father, I'd, I didn't really have a perspective. Like I didn't, I didn't know what to expect. I didn't, but I'll tell you what the first, I mean, we've talked about it on, I don't know if it was this podcast or ask the boss or something else, but like we've talked about it before. My life was flipped upside down with the kid. Like just every aspect of it, like just little things. Like I was such a, and, and I hate using this term because it comes off as so negative, but I was such a selfish person, right? Like just, I was only concerned with my goals whatsoever, right? Even being married, like it was still, you know, my goals, which kind of became her goals, right, as well. But it was still, I, I lived a very selfish lifestyle. So it's like the having somebody in your life or kids in your life where you would not for a second think about trading your life for theirs, like that's a, and even, even as a wife, right, like even your spouse, it's still a different relationship, right? Like every relationship is different. I mean, in, in ranking of the order, it should be, uh, you know, God, your wife, your kids. But it's hard because that kid is, for me, it was such a special thing, right? And so sometimes sometimes you forget that when you're in the heat of raising your kids, that you should put your spouse first above your kids. 
Um, but I know it changed my life like crazy. Um, like I would see a, sh a school shooting and just start crying. Like that's weird. That's super weird. Like when I didn't have kids and I was just concerned about my bubble, like it did that, those types of things. Like I was like, man, that sucks. And I would move on because it didn't impact me. So now when there was things like a school shooting or some other tragedy, tragedy, um, I would be impacted way more because I then was viewing my kids in that school. And it was just very weird for me. It was a great, it was great for me um, because I was so driven. And so uh, again, I, the, the word selfish is, I don't know if that is the right word, um, but I said maybe focused would be the right word. Um, it really helped me gain perspective on things that were more important. Um, so, I mean, it was life-changing for me. I mean, it still is life-changing for me. I uh, spent the weekend with Doug's uh, boys and uh, yeah, they're, they are, I won't say a handful, but they are just wild. Yeah. yeah. They're boys. They're boys. They're yeah. <laughs> let them be. Yes. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And I think that's the problem is a lot of people these days don't let their boys be boys. Right. Like we will let them wrestle to a point and it becomes violent. Like, so, like where they're like, there's hate in their eyes, but we totally give them space to actually wrestle. Yeah. yeah. We, we were yeah. all wrestling in the backseat. I even got in trouble this past weekend. Yeah. I'm like, Carl, just <laughs> <you> get smacked. <laughs> no, I had to sit in between them. And so I booty bumped, uh, Griffin and Griffin bashed his head or something. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, dude, it wasn't on purpose, you know? And he, yeah, he hit, he turned around, he hit me. Well, that's the fine line of, of parenting. And especially with rambunctious boys is like, because you, you don't want them to get hurt, but it's like, you got to let them make their own mistakes. You got to have some type of boundaries where they don't do stupid things where they really hurt themselves, but you got to let them make their own mistakes. Yeah. So some lessons come in being hurt though. Yeah. It's not like you wish that they get hurt. No, but like tra I'm, I'm talking tragic, like don't let them, they shouldn't be playing straight in the middle of the road while the cars are, you know, like throwing a football across the road as cars are coming is probably not the smartest thing. Yeah. yeah. Probably. Yeah. 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 All right. In my perspective, um, it's kind of like what Doug said. You don't really have one until you become a dad. I never wanted a kid. So, I mean, you know, I, I get a little jealous of you guys sometimes because it's like, you know, I, I feel like you guys have the perfect, I wouldn't say perfect life, but like perfect situation, very opposite to mine. Um, you know, me and my child's mother are not together. So it's definitely a different view. I never thought I would be like a single dad. Um, but, I mean, I wouldn't trade it for anything in the world. I did notice... Um, you know, I haven't competed in six years. My daughter's six. So you do become less selfish. I wonder, I wonder what the, the correlation <laughs> there. I haven't, com I haven't competed. My last competition, Jackson was six months old. And then that's yeah done. It's because, like, the focus does go off yourself. Like, at least in bodybuilding and competing, it's like, it's you. It's all you. And then it's like, you're not the main part of your story anymore. Like, that story kind of changes. And that's, like, your kid. Like, they're the focal point. I'm not the focal point anymore. So at least to me, it showed me that, you know, there's more to life than me. So that's more my perspective now. Like, I'll do anything I possibly can for her. Yeah, I mean, it's like I would trade all, like, the world championships, all those victories for my kid to do that any day, right? Yeah. Like, anything, even success in business. Like, I would much rather be my have my kids be there. Yeah, So no, 100%. Perspective changed. <clears throat> um, I do think, like, uh, so... I've been preparing for this for a while. I feel, you know, Samantha and I, four years together, and, like, we knew from, you know, we knew we were going to have children. 
And so like I knew that was coming. So I think maybe during the buildup of all that, maybe not directly like I'm studying and I'm writing these things down, but you start to think about your father, how you grew up, and then things that you, I, again, I had a nuclear family. Dad was amazing. He taught me a ton of stuff. Um, I even feel like I, that's reflected a lot in, in my life when I have some skills that, you know, some people my age might not have, and that's just because he made me do, made me do projects with him all the time, and I hated it at the time. But um, So I'm super thankful for all that he did, but I do recognize those moments that you're growing when you're going through and you're growing through as a adolescent, a teenager mostly, um, and then when you get yourself in trouble and you have those conversations or how that was handled by your parents, that maybe I would have chosen a different path or like a different conversation or a different discipline, or maybe I would have just approached, like there was multiple times where like, yeah, I, I was caught red-handed with something, but my parents chose to avoid it. And so I think what you say earlier about your child lives longer as an adult than they do as a child. So I've already been, Samantha and I talked about this last night, um, having conversations with your children as an adult, even as a child, yeah. right? Speaking to them as an adult and having a conversation that's back and forth, that's not yelling at them, whether so you made this decision. Okay, what led you to that decision? Okay, and, and do you feel that that is a right decision or what, what you know, you, you learn from whatever they're, the feedback they're giving you. Um, I feel like uh, my perspective hasn't changed, but I feel like I've learned a lot from thinking about, thinking about how I was raised, some of the decisions my parents made, and then maybe the way that I would do it, you know, as a father. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, it's going to be fun. I'm, uh, it's, we're just getting started. Yeah. Yeah, it's and it's totally different. Like our our five year old and our eight year old are just completely different personalities. But it also sometimes we forget we we Jackson's a rule follower and Griffin is not. There's <laughs> no other way to say. It. I wouldn't say he's not a rule. He's just stubborn. He's very. He's kind of like me in a lot of ways. He's very. He has his own strong personality, right? So like he doesn't like to be controlled, and he's a little bit stubborn. Yeah. Um, so it's hard because I'll have a conversation with Jackson and it'll go like, you're talking to an adult. Like, do you understand that was wrong? You understand you can't do that again. You know, like, do you understand that you need to come to me when there's a problem? And even if it, you were wrong and you, you shouldn't have done that, I won't get mad at you as long as you tell me the truth. Like you need to, I mean, Griffin, it's like a whole other, we're just not there yet. But sometimes we take with the older sibling, we try to impose, sometimes we forget Griffin literally is just five. And the kid is doing things that, like, an eight-year-old are doing, right? Like, he watched Avengers when he was young, which we never let Jackson watch, right? Like, maybe that's part of it. <laughs> maybe that's why he's such a, Avengers. a badass. But he's also, like, he's wakeboarding at five when, like, that's something maybe an eight-year-old would normally do, right? Like, he's trying to keep up with his older brother all the yeah. time. But sometimes we forget he really has just the mental development of a five-year-old. So it's a lot harder to manage that. You know, the expectations there were way harder on Griffin, I think, only because they're, we expect him kind of to be an eight-year-old, but he's only five, and it's hard to forget that. Yeah. Um, so I, I grew up in the Brady Bunch uh, uh, era, and my last name being Frady, everybody called us the Brady Bunch. We, we had dinner every night at 5 o'clock. My dad came to every game. My dad yeah. was did wrestling in high school, didn't care about any other sport, but 
he was at every game I ever did. Uh, he was with me in the Boy Scouts, and, you know, he, he worked on homework with me every night. And, I mean, everything was there. But uh, my mother and my father got divorced my senior year in high school. And my dad's motto growing up is, I'm not here to be your friend. I'm here to be your father. And so that was my perspective. But once I had Carl, and also once I went through that, that phase of their divorce and how I took it and how I dealt with it and the fact that my dad kind of checked out of my life at that point, um, my perspective changed with Carl is that, yeah, I'm here to be your father, but I'm, I'm one of the, 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 the people in this world that is not here to manipulate you, right? You're going to find, and I say this to all my management team because I just never want to be that person that's manipulative, right? I want to be not controlling. You make your own decisions. I'm here for guidance. And so with Carl, it's, it's, I wanted him to always talk to me, always know that, hey, we're, we're going to be here. As long as I'm alive, you're in my life. And as long as you're alive, I'm in your life. I'm always going to be your dad until the day I die because I'm always going to be this, this much older than you and I have this much more perspective than you and I'm not here to manipulate you. So it's not that I'm just here to be your father, but I'm also here to be your friend. And that's how my relationship with Carl changed. And uh, um, it was, you know, right now it's, you don't, you don't know, that's the hard part about parenting. You don't know if you're doing it right and doing it wrong because they're still going through their stages, right? You know, and so right now, it's, everything's working out great, you know? <laughs> but that's how I'd say my perspective. Well, let's talk about that. And maybe we can get in, because there was a period of time when you and him were not in a, on great. Yep. So what happened? Because you guys were so close for so long, and then it was like a light switch. At what age and what happened that he kind of was got pissed at you for a couple years? Oh, yes. Yeah, it's, it's so, so funny how it ha happened. So so uh, Carl, Carl's mother and I I'm just preparing. got oh. divorced. <laughs> When Carl was very young, and so um, I had Carl uh, essentially fifty percent of the time. Um, and That's where you are right now. Yeah, yeah. And so I was, I was there for all the soccer games. I was there for you know uh, field trips, uh, uh, any kind of activity inside the the, the school where we decorate the doors for for each month uh, theme and read books and all that kind of stuff. So I was, I was always there, and. Uh, so basically the teenage years started coming around and I won't say it's the same exact age, but when I was younger, my job was to take out the trash. And so one day in the kitchen, my dad goes, the trash needs to be taken out. <laughs> I said, well, why is it my job? Why can't the last person who, who put the trash on the top recognize the trash need to be taken out and they do it? Why do we got to wait for Carl to come around? Oh, that set my dad off. He started pushing me up the stairs and uh, yelling at me, and I said, screw this, and I, I pushed him to the side. I ran out the front door. <laughs> I looked at my back. He was right on my tail, and I was just hauling ass down the street, and he eventually gave up. I left, and uh, I was gone for, gosh, this was like 5 o'clock at night, and I didn't come home until like midnight. And uh, um, I went over to my best friend's house. How old house. were you? This was teenager. This was basically in 90, 91, 92. So you're right, like 14 so, or something. Yeah, you know, and and, uh, um, uh, and also my job, and this because it happened right when he came home from the commissary, was to fold all the bags, right? Why do I got to fold the bags? Why do I got to take the trash out, right? So eventually I came home, I came in the house, he goes, I'm glad you're okay. And I just went, you know, went to bed and everything was fine, you know. And um, so I'm dieting for a show, Amy's dieting for a show, and so this would have been in 2015. Uh, Carl's 15 years old. And uh, I had been writing him about preparing to be an adult. You know, you need to learn how to cook. You know, ramen noodles is not cooking. 
So I said, you need to research on, on uh, a casserole. And then you're going to make that casserole for... This is such a good story. Amy, uh, myself, and Landon. And so a couple of weeks goes by. And I was like, hey, how's the casserole going? You know, what do we need to go buy? And so we're driving home from school. And he goes, I, ha- I don't know. I don't know. And I, and I kind of like get the dad voice laying into him a little bit. I've never had a spank car. I, I, I like raise the dad voice. And, and he gets it, right? And so he gets all shut down, pouty, whatever. And we get home, we get out of the car. He puts his back, uh, backpack on, and he goes sits at the curb uh, of, the, of the house. And I'm like, whatever, you know, blow off some steam. I'm going inside. Next thing I know, Amy comes inside and goes, what's going on? Why, why, why'd Carl leave with his mom? And I was like, are you f-ing kidding me? <laughs> and, yeah, so that was the last night that he stayed with me. He, uh, he never came back uh, to, to stay the night. And uh, he'd come over for dinners and stuff like that. And so now – uh, when I go to my dad's house or something like that, and I was like, you need to take out that trash, you know, and it's just, it's a joke. Right. And so now when I see Carl, it's like, you know, am I getting a casserole sometime soon? You know, <laughs> he'll send me a picture. He actually sent one a couple of weeks ago, a picture of a casserole, you Did know, he make it or was it like, yeah, it was, it, he made it, you know, oh, nice. and so it's funny. It's, it's, you know, yeah. uh, yeah. But so how long did it take for him to get over that? Oh, it was several months before, uh, we hung out, you know, we, we, we'd call and stuff like that, but it was several months, you know, and I was just like, whatever, you know? Uh, now, and when we talk about it in the past, um, like, Hey, what was going on? He's like, I didn't want to make something you couldn't eat. And I was like, no, oh. you know, cause I was prepping for a show. It's a lot of pressure. You know, I was like, well, you know, why couldn't you communicate that back then? You know, something he didn't, but it's something so stupid, you know? And, uh, and, you know, it worked out the way that it worked out, you know? Uh, but yeah, that was, that was the moment it was over casserole. <laughs> so, so this is, I mean, for all of you guys, cause only been a dad for four months um in a moment like that where a decision's made and the it's not received well from your child so like this is a perfect example but maybe you guys have an example too how do you i guess let that be right like that decision it didn't it that's not what you wanted no right but now that you're in the future and looking back on it you guys can reflect and there's conversation about it. There was something learned from that, whether it took a a day, a month or years, right. For that Mm -hmm. lesson to be learned, but that's a hard time to go through because he shut you off, you know? So how do you prepare as a dad to kind of like have to be okay with that decision or even the child's decision, right? Like it was his decision to to go. And how, how do you be okay with that in the moment when maybe you, you know that there will be a lesson learned someday, but that might take years to come to come by. I think the lesson learned is, is something that both of you have already talked on, and it's it's that you 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 have to understand that yes, they are kids, and we're going to cuddle and play, but at the same time, I need to speak to you as an adult. And so, same thing if I'm dealing with you, it's hey, well, why? And a simple hey, why? I uh, think also it's all a long way. It's all the other work that you do, and I say work because it's. I mean, it is work, but it's just all the other work you do to bond with your kids and develop develop a safety for them, right? Like, so they can feel comfortable with you and they don't want to lose that, right? So it's just like, like sometimes Jackson will get pretty upset, like, and he just will not want to talk. So I've learned, but he really does not like us being mad at him. So he'll go off by himself and we just let him go and he'll go to his room and then we'll come back and we'll talk. And, uh, 
he'll usually start crying at some point because he understands. And like he, he usually knows when he messed up because he'll be mad that at himself for messing up. But I think that's just because we have developed a close bond, you know, just throughout. It's not like it's a safe, it's a safe bond. It's a, they don't want to have distance between us. Now this is an eight year old, not a 15 year old. So that might change. It's funny because I've have recorded him and I've do it. I'll do it often. I, cause he loves, he's a snuggle kid. So we literally will snuggle at night. We'd like just lay with each other. And I love it. And I'm like, buddy, are you going to do this? And it's funny because we're coming off a football field and a baseball field where he's doing all this like manly boy stuff with his boys, right? And then he'll come home and just want to snuggle, which is awesome. And I was like, are you, sh- you going to want to do this when you're 16? And he will straight up answer me, I'll, yes, I love it. <laughs> I was like, I'm going to record that. So I'll record it. I probably have a couple of recordings of him saying, yes, I'll do it when you're 16. So, because I don't know how long that's going to last. But I think it's all the work that you do outside of those moments so that when there is a a moment like that, you guys can have that conversation where he feels safe that he can talk to you. And I think the other big thing is knowing when you f***ed up to apologize. And then tell them that you did. So, it's one of the things that, like, I've apologized to our kids often. You know, I will get upset at Griff and, you know, like there's been times where like I was at a restaurant, he was acting up and I'll never forget it was in, it was in, um, what's that place? Fresh Chef. And he was acting up and he wouldn't sit down in the seat and he was just like, he needed a smack. Like he needed to be whipped, but I whipped him and his head went flying into the table and it was like, <laughs> like that. And I just was like, I was like mortified. I forgot he was only like 25 pounds, 30 pounds, right? <laughs> And I was just completely mortified. And, like, it was so loud that it got quiet in the room. I was like, oh, my gosh, I'm going to jail. Um, And so, like, you know, he was really pissed. Like, he was like, that didn't even hurt. You know, like, how he is. He's just, it didn't even hurt. And he got really pissed. He doesn't want anything to do with it. But, like, I I was able to take him outside and literally apologize to him. I was like, I never meant for that to happen and explained it to him. I was like, but you need to start acting like a little bit older. You're not a baby anymore. Yeah. And uh, I definitely, he remembers it because we'll go into that restaurant and uh, <laughs> and if he acts up, I'll say, do you want your head to get smashed into the table again? <laughs> <laughs> and he just kind of gets quiet and just like, and I didn't mean to do it, but like, and he was fine. But, um, you know, being able to apologize yeah. when, when you got, when you mess up is important because a lot of, there's a lot of guys and I think there's, I know there's a lot of women that do it too, but I mean, like, Guys have a lot of pride. So being able to know that you made it and you're not the man of the house, you know, like a man of the house never makes a mistake. You can't run the house that way. That correlates into being a leader. I think showing as an adult, I I think showing apologizing to your wife in front of your kids and the way you treat your wife, you know, is really important as well. Like showing that, no, like, they can see us fight, like that's fine as long as it's a cordial fight, right? Like right. nothing. We don't we don't ever get like really upset at each other in front of the kids. I mean, we have, but like, you know, we try not to. Yeah. But then it's key where you apologize, and then we literally will talk to the kids about it. Like this is why I was upset at mom. It was my bad, and I shouldn't have done that. So that they can see, even when we act like ch- children, that's not the right way to act. Yeah. I was watching a movie. I can't remember the movie, but. It was interesting. I was we were expecting Ryder. He wasn't here yet, and we were watching this movie, and it was a, a big father daughter movie. Um, but she, they he the father requested that they do something, 
and it was in a heat. There was stress going on, and the daughter goes, why? And he just goes, because I said so. Let's, you know, move, you know, like move. And then so they went through it or whatever. They got through the, the stress, and then he immediately, they had a very good relationship, and it was a very much commutative back and forth, like best friend relationship. And they stopped, he stopped in their path and just said, look, I need to apologize to you because that wasn't fair. You know, I should have gave you a reason of why uh, uh, we needed to, to move, right? Or we needed to do this. Um, and instead, I just, you know, told you that my way is the right way and nothing else matters. Yeah. You know, I thought that was a very, it's something that it stuck with me and through a movie, but I don't want to ever even say that. I don't want to say because I said so. No, it's like yeah, I'm, you don't want to say it, but it happens. No, I, be, I don't believe <laughs> there's, it. There's moments, right? right. There's moments. Yeah, or, there's and re but recognize that, right? right. Like, and say, look, uh, look, I shouldn't have said that, yeah. right? Like, I should have explained to you of the reasoning why we're going to do something. Now, it is my decision, right, that we're going to do this. Yeah. But I should have explained maybe well, the decision, the reasoning behind it. Steph is way better, way more patient than I am with Griffin. Like, she understands that, like, fighting him does not work because he's such a stubborn, strong-willed kid that it just doesn't work. So she will, like, get down. Literally, the key is getting down on his level, like, on your knees yeah. and talking to him and letting, giving him just a moment to just have his way just for, like, like if he wants to show you something but you don't have time for that, you want to just let him show you for a second mm -hmm. and then explain, like, why you have to go. She's way more calm than I am, and it works way better. I'm just, like, literally I'll pick the kid up and throw him in the car and, you know, like, that's always a disaster. Like, it work, it works, but, like, then it takes me a while, and usually that comes with an apology, and it takes a while for him to calm down, where Steph is way more patient yeah. and, like, you know, can have that, have that conversation. He's definitely uh, a mama's boy in that sense, whereas Jackson and I are more, you know, we communicate on the same way. I would definitely say it's, it is easier um, – I don't know, in, in those moments, like with the casserole or something like that, like I didn't have a place to go. You know, Carl had another another option. And unfortunately, his mother, like if he'd have done that to me, I'd have been like, no, you're going to your mom's, right? You know, yeah. avoiding her because you don't want to make a f***ing casserole is not the... You know, so with her, you, you might have to, you know, change the strategy a little bit. You oh, know? I already deal with that now. And, She's uh, mad at me. It's yeah. Silly. I want to go to mom's. But it, it, I, can, I can feel with Carl, because we've talked since, is that they are still trying to digest why mommy and daddy are not together, you know? And I've had some good conversations, especially as an adult, like, dude, cause I can't tell him, Hey, you know, uh, cause he could listen to this one day. I can't say that, Hey, your mother wasn't a, a good, good wife, <laughs> uh, you know, good mother, not a good wife. Cause that's his mom. Like I, right. I, I don't want to, to ever hear something of that about, but my don't you mom. think they should know truth? And that's the hard part with that. Like, okay. So, because he's going to know. He's an adult. He's he's a police officer. It's a Jerry officer. Springer show he's with, a, with all that. It, he's it, it a really police is officer. Because it's the, the, the final straw in the coffin is Carl's stepfather. Right? So I can't go and shit on his mom. And I can't go shit on his stepfather, especially his stepfather who passed away. Right? That's, that's a lot for Carl to digest. This man was a part of his life. Whether I like that or not, he was there. Right? He lived under his roof, not mine. You know? And, um, but as they are getting older... And if they are in that nuclear, it's it's a different situation in, in that there should be less confusion in the discipline side of things, whereas in our situation, there was another thing that we had to worry about, right? You know, well, mommy doesn't, you know, let me, or mommy lets me do that. Well, this is my house, and we're not going to do, you know, and those are the things you have to kind of deal with. And 
I didn't have to deal with any of that stuff until he became a teenager. And in that one moment, it was it was gone. Just but like I mean, that. I feel like he you should know because so, so that he doesn't make the same mistakes. And so I've had right? conversations like, hey, if you want to know why I left, I will tell you everything. Right. Just know that it wasn't you. And just know that when the time comes, what my final straw was is that my son is going to grow up and be a man. And do you teach your son to 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 roll over and get kicked over and over and over again? And this is what marriage is and this is what life is. Or do you put your foot down and you say enough is enough, you know? Um, and again, not that I'm innocent in, in, in the first marriage. You know, I've, I've owned, owned my mistakes and I've told him literally what I did wrong in that scenario, you know. But it's, uh, again, that goes back to they're going to be an adult a lot longer in life. And how are you equipping them? And that's great that you, what you touched on is that, you know, part of being a fatherhood is also showing them, whether it's your daughter or your son, what is, what is a man? You know, what is a husband and what is a father? It's not just one role that you're, you're showing your son or your daughter, you know. So, but that's a Jerry Springer show. Well, that's <laughs> another that, podcast. That's one of, the, one of the other questions that you circulated about this was, you know, kind of related to that. It says, with your line of work, with events and traveling, do you have a fear of missing out? Mm-hmm. And I think um, the answer is, is yes. Um, but... I'm at so many, there's so many opportunities to also be present when I'm not traveling, but they also need, the flip side of that is you also have to show them a work ethic. Like I would much, I can honestly say I would much rather be at his baseball game than traveling for these events. As fun as the events uh, appear on the outside and really are, they are really, I really enjoy doing events for the brands and traveling and speaking about something I'm very passionate about. Like I, I really love my work and I wouldn't want it any other way. And we have a great time when we travel, but like I wouldn't, it's not even close. Like I would so much rather be at home going to the baseball games or whatever it is, whatever they're doing. Um, so I think there's a, you know, there's a a part of there is showing that it's not just being at the baseball games, right? It's not just being present there, but it's your other responsibilities to your family. It's a a balance dichotomy, right? Right. So it's just like showing that, no, I have to work. It's like, like Jackson, like he hates when I leave. Like he'll know, it's like, he'll literally ask, when am I coming back? And both boys will say, when's daddy coming home? When's daddy coming home? Which is great. Like, I'm glad that they miss me, right? And when I come home from work, they're excited to see me, which is great. Um, But they need to know that like, there's responsibilities that sometimes you don't get to do what you want to do. Uh, you know, and so like, I, I try to tell them, it's just like, I try to tell them and it's really hard. It's like, you know, listen, it's not normal. It's, it's don't expect that y- you, uh, when you get older, you're going to have a house on the lake, yeah. you know, right? Like I try to teach, it's a fine line. It's like, you want to spoil them because you can, but this thing is like, you have to explain to them. It's like, you have to show them why you can have nice things, why you get to play on a boat right? Like, and have fun. That's not normal, right? Like there's a very small percentage of people that can do that. And it's, you have to teach them that, no, that comes from when, when I'm gone for a week and you don't get to see me, that's because I'm working so that when we are together, there are cool things. Right. And so like, you know, there's, like you said, there's, you have to show them how to, by example, you can't just speak it. When it comes time to spending time, whether, whether it's with your, your wife, uh, um, or your kids, it's, it's all about them in that moment that, you know, this is the, the biggest culprit that sucks all that out away. It's like that phone has to go away. I'm on a date or I'm spending time with, with my son. It's like, that is gone. 
that, that, that does not exist, you know, because the flip side of that, you know, when I went through um, divorce counseling, they talked about this, the, the roughly the, the seven year, the one year when you really start to get to know your spouse, uh, you get a divorce, uh, some things start to sink in and you're not ready for it. You're not mature enough. Uh, the seven year itch uh, and then the 20 years based when the kids leave and mom and dad are strangers to each other. And that's essentially what happened in my, my home um, with my mom and my dad. And then, um, um, and then it goes back to your kids are adult much longer in life than they are kids. What are they seeing? Well, great. Well, I, I just spent 20 years of my life with somebody and then you got divorced. Like, why do I want to get married? Why do I want to fall in love? And then, so then you have issues with, with trusting people and so on and so forth, which is a big as- aspect for me. Um, but at the same time, um, I also see, you know, through family, the people that it's all about their kids. And then when their kids leave, they have no life whatsoever. Right. Right. Well, that, that I have a question that kind of segues into my question. But before I ask this question, Steve Calabrese called me during this. I said, hey, uh, can I call you back? I'm on a podcast. He said, can you stop the podcast production and call me? I need to, your input on what I should mix into my oatmeal today, egg or whey protein. <laughs> <laughs> and that is why we love Steve. Yeah. That's hilarious. <laughs> because the funny thing is, you're not quite sure if he's serious or kidding. Yeah, that was there was no like ha 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 exclamation up. points. There was none of that. Um, so my question actually is more for Doug. I think on this one because you two have uh, been through divorces. So so this is more, I guess, towards a, a, towards a, a wife. Um, but but you guys can. Put, uh, feel, I'm not trying to single you guys out. No, no, of course. Um, so right now, my struggles uh, with traveling aren't so much towards Ryder. I mean, right. Ryder's four months old. Right. My struggles are towards Samantha and the home because I'm, I feel, and she's, she's a boss mom, right? Like she, she crushes. We have, we're blessed to have a great nanny right now. And so um, we're in a good spot, but I still carry the weight that I'm leaving and putting all this responsibility on just her. And I, I sometimes, like, after a long, long stretch of travel, yeah, I could tell she's tired, you know, and she just wants a bath. Like, she wanted a bath last night and or Saturday, and she couldn't. She drew the water, got in, and, like, I'm trying to do all I can, but I don't have a boob. And, like, I, I, he just – he was not cool with me. And so I'm trying to just distract him and distract him, and she comes downstairs frustrated, and I'm so like, I'm sorry, and she's like – just is what it is, you know. Yeah. So I feel the weight when I travel for my wife. Bro, it doesn't change. Yeah. It doesn't change when it gets old. I mean, like I told you. So this past week, we were in Vegas, and literally, I'm sitting in a cigar bar, like smoking a cigar, having a good time with my guys. Yeah, right. Which is part of it, and she understands, which is really good. She's not like and Sam does too. You know, she understands that's part of creating the culture, which then creates the good relationships here, which make you guys do a better job. And it's just part of, it's just part of what we do. But I'm sitting here enjoying a cigar, which is really hard to do. She's texting me literally. They did install the monitor that the, the propane. We have a 500 gallon propane tank in our buried in our front yard that heats the house and the like everything, the water and the and it, it went out. It was empty, and apparently there wasn't a sensor put on. So, like, she didn't have any water in the house. She's got to get both kids a bath because they take a bath every night. Um, and, like, I can see the stress. I'm trying to find, like, the account number and who to call or whatever. And, like, you know, it's a new house, so it's just, like, I don't really have all that at my fingertips. And so, like, I'm trying to figure that out, right? And then on top of that, 
Then she goes to urgent care because Jackson has the flu. He's really bad. Like when he's sick, like you could tell he was super sick. Brought him to urgent care. I'm getting a picture. He's literally vomiting in a bag, looks white as a ghost. So she's got Griffin with her, which is not patient at seven o'clock at night where he should be going to bed. And Jackson's throwing up and pale as a ghost. They try to put a mask on him. She's got two masks on. They try to put a mask on him. And as soon as they put a mask on him, he like passed out. Like, and Steph was like, he, this is not okay. This is not right. Like something's wrong. You need to do something. And so then finally he kind of like, he doesn't even remember it. He kind of like woke up and threw up. So like then he didn't have to wear a mask after that. So, um, but all of this is going on and I'm living it real time as I'm like smoking a cigar, you know, in the cigar. So bro, it doesn't, it doesn't change. And you know, that that's hard because the joke is, it's like whenever I go out of town, shit hits the fan. Yeah. Like if something goes wrong where it's usually like I should be there to fix it and I'm not, Yeah. but she's a boss mom and she just, she makes it happen. Right. But it does. Then when you get home, it's a little bit like she just literally wants to be like, I'm out. I'm gone. So like Saturday morning, you know, I took the red eye home Friday. We were there Saturday morning. Carl and I had the kids for, but all she wanted to do was go to the gym. And then she went grocery shopping, like without the kids, right. like she went to Walmart and stuff, which, so she had five hours of time, but it was like, she worked out and went to the grocery store, but like that was, and then she had the she kids for the whole afternoon for the Mooresville event. Yeah. So it's just like, it's hard. It's just like, you just have to be on the same page. And, um, I think it's the little things. I know I, I can all definitely do better about it because I'm, I'm single-minded in a lot of things. Like I'm, I got goals. I'm gonna accomplish them, right? So I have to pause and be like, well, shit, she just went through hell, right? Like so, maybe just take the kids for a day, right? Like just those one, and it doesn't take a lot. It's not like you have to be with them. Like you have to take over the responsibility of a mother for a week at a time. Just the little things, like oh, just an afternoon or a day, the right. small taking a bath. Right. Like being able to do that goes a long way in making that okay. But that that doesn't stop. You know, that'll always be because you're going to be traveling more than her. So yes. that's just such a tough one. I mean, Amy and I talked about that and because she knew at that point when we were in the beginning of our marriage where I was at with the career and what it entailed, at least what we thought it entailed at that point. She was like, I'm, I'm not a stay at home mom, you know, and I, that was just something that was really tough because it is it's. It, and it is it was very refreshing to, to listen. I posted the other day, uh, Andy, talking about um, uh, instead of talking about sacrifices, it's an investment, right? And, and you're investing into their future or you're investing into yours or you're investing into hers or, or both of yours, you know? And it's just, it's like there's no perfect answer to that. You know, it's just, it is that continuous juggle, you know, of what you're doing. You know, that's, it's such a tough situation to be in. Yeah. You know? Well, I think no matter what the circumstance is, uh, as long as you're, you're, you're doing the small things, you're communicating the right way, you're being open and honest. Like, if I'm away and it's shit, just tell me that it's shit. Yeah. You know, like, I'll, give me all of it, right? And then, like, I'll know. But you I know. can see you being like me because literally she said, remember when I stepped out and took that call at the cigar yeah. bar? She's like, listen, I'm just telling you this. I, I don't need you to fix it because I'm immediately like, hey, listen, I will email this, I'll call. And just like, hey, do you want me to call coach or something that he said? Uh, I don't need you to fix this. I right. just want to talk to you about what's going on. And, and I'm immediately, she's like, stop trying to fix it. I was like, well, then why are you telling me? Right. right? Like, it, stop telling me because you're stressing me out. That that's exactly where a man, man's head goes. It's like, all right, how fix. do I fix it? Right, last There's night. A problem. Like, all right, I got a solution. After uh, she couldn't take the bath, she comes downstairs, and I'm I'm preparing dinner. I'm doing all that I can in the kitchen. Yeah. All right, so now I don't have riders, okay. And she just goes, I'm really struggling. And she's bopping. I'm really struggling. I'm like, I know, babe, 
and I just want to do, I want to fix. I, I don't, I don't know, but I, I just don't have boobs. And like, I just don't know what to do. And she's like, I know I'm just really struggling. I'm like, yep. And I'm cooking dinner. <laughs> yep. Uh, so. But I, I will say this and, and you can attest to it is just, Still enjoy it because it just doesn't last. Oh, yeah. I mean, Carl is 22-year-old police officer. It's like, where did it go? It's like hanging out with the boys yesterday was so much fun. You know, being at the ball game, not in a creepy way, but just watching the kids play. <laughs> the know. funny thing is, is that we, we, uh, I was like, and this is creepy Uncle Carl. So <laughs> like his, uh, his, to his like friends, all parents? Yeah, all the friends' parents creepy hanging out Uncle there. Carl. I was like, this <laughs> is right, creepy go. Uncle Carl. I was like, that's how he gets introduced because he's the creepy uncle. And... So they're like, so who is he? Your brother or is it? well, we're like, well, he's not really the uncle, like, but he's just like family uncle, you know, like a non-family uncle. He's just creepy uncle yeah. Carl, and they're like, oh, okay. It all goes. I'm watching cool. watching Griffin Jackson go out in the back seat, and just I remember doing that with my sister, and then I'm watching the kids like just they're running around and, and sliding in mud, and and yeah, like everybody's just having a great time. It's like, oh, where did it go? Yeah. You know, where did it go? I can't wait to be a grandparent. You know. So yeah, we're you, you touched on it uh, a, li a little bit ago where you said just be in the moment. Yeah. I've always said this and it sounds really morbid, but at least what I noticed is like with my friends that have kids, I treat every night like it's the last night you got with them because I think too many people are so it's like, get to bed, get to bed, get to bed. But it's like, just enjoy those like little moments. Yeah. Like when my daughter gets like slap happy, it's hilarious. It's my favorite moments. Slap happy? Oh my god! Like she wants tired? to slap you? No, she like gets like so tired that she's just like uh, hilarious. Yeah, 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 like yeah. goofy. And yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and uh, yeah, I think that's like one thing that ends up happening with a lot of people. They're just like, you want your own time, right? Like you know, Sam's eventually going to be like, okay, they're in bed. I get my own time. Right. But you know, everybody wants their own time so much. But like my time to me is open to close, daughter, when I have her. Yeah. So I think too many people check out of that. Yeah. Yeah, I feel that. I mean, because we, we have them every night, so I'm just like, would you go to bed? Like, which is so good because right now I can tell ja Jackson, listen, it's late. It's you just get played baseball till eight o'clock. It's already past your bedtime. You need to go up and get a shower, brush your teeth, and go to bed. And it's amazing that he can go upstairs, brush his teeth, and go to bed. It's the greatest thing in the world. It's like the little wins. Like now, if I can just get Griff to that point, we'll be amazing. He'll be like 16, and I'll still be up there. Forcing him into <laughs> it, or he'll just be like in the shower, and you can hear him. He'll just be yelling or uh, singing, rapping, yeah, <laughs> doing something. Hear him yeah. from all the way downstairs. Uh, all right, what other what other questions you have in this uh, right, dad cast, bro? Uh, so I think we talked about how to balance uh, uh, work life. So as we interact with young youth, um, uh, how has that changed the lessons we want to teach our kids? Well, that's a question for you, since you deal with more youth than we do. I mean, but, but I mean, you guys do. I mean, I guess when well, you're, no, you're I, I guess I'm referring to when well, yeah, I think I youth. Mean, I'm thinking of like early twenties uh, retail exactly. managers. Yeah, you know. So, yeah, that the biggest one that that, uh, uh, that I see is the this is their life. The tablets are their life. They have no idea how to communicate. Um, I was still, t I was talking to one of my managers today and it's like, I need you to pick up the phone and call this person, right? I, I, you've sent out emails, you've texted, like pick up the phone and call. Um, so it's that ability to actually have a real conversation with someone, you know, the, the video games, one of the, I, I love video games growing up. The video games is not the problem. The, the, the problem with the, having with the video games is where they took it, where it's all online. So you played with little Timmy across the United States. Whereas when, you know, I stayed the night with friends. 
he was literally right there. And so when he hit a home run on me, I'd punch him, you know, or it's like we're playing <laughs> Contra and you know, you'd like, stop doing that. You kick him or something. You yeah. had the camaraderie, yeah. you know, Carl, when, when we were playing video games at one point, uh, Left for Dead was my favorite one was a zombie one. But then the video games came out to where, oh, I'm playing with so-and-so online. I was like, well, this sucks. This is boring, you know? Uh, and, and so, but bottom line is that is a huge one. The, the lack of creativity, um, is, is a huge well, we were talking about the ability to play yeah and like some kids play. are watching I, I refuse to let my kids i you know when we give them screen time it's you can watch certain things but the one thing that drives me crazy when they watch at one point in time they were watching these videos that were other kids playing and they just i know they're fascinated by it but like we cut that off immediately yeah. it's just like really that's where you're gonna spend your time why don't you just you have those toys like just go do it so like we don't even allow that because yeah. you were saying that like your nephew or something likes yeah. to do, likes it, to do it that. drives me absolutely crazy. They're they're eating dinner and they have to have a tablet in their hands. That's like, an absolute. Oh no, that's you know, an absolute. I mean, I we just, we're very our new rule now is uh, unless there's something special going on, but it's like no screen during the week. You know, and they it's night or day difference. They act like turds when they get even like half an hour of screen time. It's something. It's weird. It's like they just act like turds because they want more. They want more, and it's, they don't even know what they—they they don't even care what it is. They just want it's the screen. Dopamine. It's, yeah. it's crazy. It's—I just, yeah. But it's a fine line because at the end of the day, you need to have—you need to know how to use technology, right? Like you have to. Using um, technology and being controlled by technology. You know, I, well, my well they, they learned it. They learned YouTube. They're like, "Can I watch YouTube?" I was like, "Where'd you learn about YouTube? You didn't learn that from me." Right? They're like, well, we get to watch YouTube at school because there's a kid's YouTube, and I guess they get, they all have tablets at school where they can watch, I guess, 20 minutes of YouTube a day. I'm just like, what? Like, what is going on? So the other day, they they said they wanted to watch YouTube. So I sat down and watched the YouTube. So they were watching a a vlog vlog or whatever. Um, And there's this dude, he's probably 20 years old or 22, and it's like just stupid. He's got 10 million subscribers, 40 million subscribers. You probably, if I said it, you'd probably know who it is or something like that. And like, you might know. And I was is he like, out of North Carolina? Who's that guy that's got, like, oh, I don't know. No, no, no. It's not Mr. Beast. But it's just like, <laughs> it was just a bunch of kids like doing dumb things. Like, who could stay on the trampoline the longest? Yeah. And like, just dumb things. And I was just like, but I did explain to him, I was like, listen, you know, like, would you want to create a YouTube channel? Right? Because I was like, you know, you can make a ton of money doing that. And I'll tell you what, it also, uh, builds up your, you know, gets rid of the fear of public speaking and you become very, you know, more personable and ability to talk. I mean, utilizing it, right, to get better. Well, that's why I said, I said you, so do you want to do a YouTube channel? Like, I was like, Griff, you know, we could do a YouTube channel for your wakeboard. He's all, he's all about that. But yeah. like, because there are some skills that do come from it, but like, you have to explain it. If it's, they're just consuming and not understanding that there's a business behind there. Well, I think like, what I Carl said is being controlled or not controlled. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right, that's something you know, that's been resonating. I mean, and, and, really. and it's it's hard, I guess, when you when you're you're a young parent, like you just don't get. It. I, I trust me, I get it. There's those moments where you want to pull out your hair, but I'm the one hiring your kids, and collectively, your kids are are not going anywhere because they have no idea how to earn anything. Uh, they have no idea how to create. Uh, it's just follow directions, and and those people, again, society needs those kind of people as well, right? But. Is that what you really want for your child? Legos, man. You know, Just keep it old school with them. Legos. They like, need to know how to think for yeah. themselves. Yeah. You know, and it's very frustrating dealing with individuals that that have no idea how to think for themselves, have no idea how to figure it out, have no idea how to earn it, think that they 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 deserve everything right now. Like one of the greatest blessings that I had was growing up with coaches that actually yelled at me. 
right? Where is that gone, right? And, and where is the discipline gone within the house? Where is the mentality of you have to earn something? That's why chores are so important. Grades are so important. Growing up, my job was to get an A in school. That was my job, and I got rewarded for that, you know, but I also got uh, 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 punished if I had an F, which never happened. But, you know, it, so there's those little things that you're setting your kids up for because, again, they're going to be adults much longer in life where they are not going to get handed a meal every single night. They're not going to get handed food every single night. And, you know, Carl growing up. Well, hey, if we keep going down this route, maybe they will. You know, with, with, with his mom, right, you know, I told him, I, you know, same thing with Landon. I tell him, it's like, do, do you want to be at home getting handed gas money to watch your little brother and little sister? Right. What skill set right now? There is a 20 year old who's living in the backseat of his car who takes a shower at a gym who will slit your throat for a meal. And you're over here. Baby, who will do kid. gay for pay for twenty dollars. Right. You know, <laughs> and it's like the mentality is completely different. It's just it's really different. And uh, um, that's the, the personally the biggest thing that I've noticed. And, and it's refreshing when I do meet somebody that is young that has that mindset. Right. It's that work ethic, that understanding like, hey, I need to earn this. Uh, and I need to put forth the effort to actually earn this. You know, there's, I'm busy, 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 but are you being effective? You know, I worked 50 hours, you know, where's my reward? Like, well, what the f*** did you do in the 50 hours? You know, you didn't do sh You sat on your f***ing ass. You did an $800 day store, and I asked you to do three things, and it took you three f***ing weeks to do it. <laughs> like, get the f*** out of here. <laughs> so, it's frustrating. It really is. You know, and but again, this is coming from somebody. I have been hiring young people since 1999, right? So this isn't just me in five years ranting. I'm well, you've seen a you've seen a shift. Well, it's funny how we've you've changed. Seen a, you've seen a technology shift. Well, it's funny how also we've and we've had. I think we did a podcast on this. How we changed our pay structure. Yep. We went to the gold star system to try to like. Uh, work with the current generation, and that just was a freaking disaster. Kind of enable it in a sense. Yeah, it was, and that was a disaster. So now we have more. It's incentive based for like, do you want to eventually have equity or profit sharing? Like, well, then the cream will rise. Well, I so. think uh, this kind of that question we kind of got a little bit off, I think, but that could lead to another podcast and more of a, a masculinity podcast. You know, uh, most of a. Manifesto. Manifesto. Can you manifest your masculinity? Uh, uh, most most of everybody that works here is are, are male. You know, we have a lot of females on the Nutrition Corners team. Mm -hmm. um, but I think what you said in the beginning is that the current scenario of our country, and it, it spoke about men, and we are in a, in a time where I think a lot of um, stronger men are being created through a weak time. Or people are starting to wake up to that. Yeah. And that's something I think we could touch on. And we don't have the time today, but. Um, we also need to do our testosterone. Maybe that's podcast. the same podcast. Testosterone manifesto. Testosterone, masculine manifest. Bro, like, well, that thing is getting canceled. We this definitely are. no reach on that. Bro, we're definitely smoking <laughs> cigars in that one. No, I'm getting inside. high. Then. Well, yeah, it's going up our <laughs> testosterone. <laughs> 50 million. Apparently. I'm are, convinced are looking good. I probably smoked more cigars in the last year than ever. And my testosterone is higher than ever. So maybe, maybe that I think that's it. Well, I, I was, uh, uh, reading about testosterone levels over the past umpteen oh, years dude. have plummeted amongst young men. You know, Carl is definitely going to start smoking when he reads that study. When you read the study, you're going to start joining us on this. Dude, you're talking dude, I'm like, not too far off. Right. I was, I was, and, uh, and you're going to see that men's taints have gotten smaller. Uh, I do not want to see that. What? But you're so, talking like, why uh, would we 20, see that? Why are, but that, why are you looking at men's taints? 
is why are we talking about this? This is a full study. Like your testosterone, once it get, dips a little bit more. Let's like, remember the 54-minute mark. You mean the region between your balls and your butthole yes. gets smaller? But that yes, makes with a lack of testosterone over time. Wow. So like each generation. So are they measuring taints? Like the <laughs> ABC. Study. The a- I was on that Joe Rogan kick for a minute. There's a study on this. For Crazy. Real? So I tell crazy. you, but when you go well, to the, it's on a go to the gym, podcast, I guess it's legit. Huh? I mean, yeah. you go to the gym and you yes. can look around, and, and you <laughs> can you also look, when you look, go to the gym <laughs> and look around at their tape. No, I'm just saying we're talking about testosterone, but you look at how these young men are are, are portraying themselves visually, uh, how they lift. Uh, it's just weak. It's <laughs> just. I love you, Gar. You're the best. But I, but at the, I mean, I use that as fuel. I'll look over at some yeah, dude. Gonna, I, I'm, I'm gonna slit your this. throat, boy. Oh, I do, and I pick up a dumbbell and I roid it out. <laughs> <laughs> I, I look over. And I was like, "Thank you for being a fucking vagina." <laughs> I got, I got to take you to uh, an influencer gym in Texas. Oh my dude, gosh! No way. No. So much fun. Uh, no. <laughs> what are those? The broccoli head? Yeah. The bro- bro- yeah, broccoli heads. The broccoli heads. Yeah. It's I guess the influencer look is now Brock like the curly muff in right the front, in the front. Yeah. and then like yeah in the Wait, tripod I gotta, I gotta watch my tripod <laughs> tripod to short shorts what else shirt off or on cameras they don't have iPhones they have like with the fuzzy fashion. cameras yeah they which like they for the no mic, reason the mic boom on it yeah, yeah. I yeah, mean yeah, I, I, I look at the dainty little shorts they're wearing the dainty little you know gay shoes they're wearing <laughs> everything about it just screams I'm just feminine. It just really does, and and it's just a lot about the culture, and, and it just goes back. I feel to like the we might picture. need to edit this part out. No. We, I, I hope we I didn't. This, suck. Is, this is you a made segue. It to this, part, this is a segue wait. into what I think the next one needs At to be. At the end, about. it'll say to you be know. continued. You know. Yeah. Yeah. All right, guys. A since we went, wait, don't be. A, all right. Since we went down the taint road. <laughs> until next time, guys. Keep we crushing have, it. We have meetings. <laughs>